770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams hosting Right Side Radio. We're on from 2 to 5, Monday through Friday. Right Side Radio, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Glad you're back with us. Hey, listen, before we go too much further, I'm going to keep telling you about my friends at Otter Creek Farm. Oh, my gosh, these people have got it going on. I love that place, and, and it's, it's such a great place to go out. If you like wing shooting, if you want to do pheasant and, and quail hunts, uh, that's the, one of the best places in the South. Donald Trump Jr. stayed there not long ago, and they were in Garden and Gun magazine. And people don't realize you could take corporate retreats, just day hunts, or stay overnight in their luxurious accommodations, or have their culinary team cook for you while you're there, and, and the food is outstanding. Go to their website and just check it out, ottercreekfarmstead.com. That's ottercreekfarmstead.com. Uh, they, 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 are, they are a sight to behold. Hey, listen, uh, I am glad to have somebody come on the show with us uh, right now uh, who's been serving uh, the nation and the state for quite a while. Uh, we're going to ask some hard questions, but i got to make, make sure I note, first of all, that uh, uh, Dr. Wayne Reynolds, who is on the line with us, is currently uh, representing District 8 in the Alabama State Board of Education. Uh, he is uh, a veteran of the war in Vietnam, served with the uh, 95th EVAC and 22nd uh, Surgical Hospitals in 1968 and 69. He's been a past National Service member of the Vietnam Veterans Assistance Fund. And, uh, and he also, by the way, holds a doctorate in education from Auburn University, a master's in finance. Uh, my understanding is he worked 12 years as a public school superintendent, been a registered nurse, owned a business. That's, uh, that's quite a full resume. Dr. Reynolds, thank you for being on Right Side Radio today. My pleasure, Senator. Well, we appreciate you being with us. And uh, listen, I mean, it, it, it's, it's been an interesting time for education. Uh, the pandemic has been, um, I would say, probably one of the greatest challenges uh, that we could face in a state that already has enough challenges. But uh, just for a second, if you would, talk about the fact that the pandemic year uh, may have created a gap in some kids' educations, or for that matter, just was difficult to overcome. It obviously created a, a problem for education, and we tried to remediate it with distance learning, but that's only partial, and we are trying to deal with that in, a, in summer schools and other activities. I'm getting some feedback, sir. Well, I'm, I'm sorry if you are getting feedback. Maybe Copper can help clean up but the I'm line good. for us. I'm, I'll progress. We'll, we'll go right ahead. So you were talking about the pandemic and, and, and going to virtual education, uh, but, yes, but at the same time, not everybody even had the opportunity for, uh, for being able to log in because they didn't have good Internet access. Yes, because that's another problem that Alabama has is there's vast areas that don't have broadband Internet access, and I think we're trying to take care of that not only for education but for other issues. Well, and I think broadband is going to be a huge thing because if we're going to tell kids on a Friday afternoon, don't come back on Monday, we'll give you the login signal, and they don't have the ability to even log in because they don't have Internet access, then we've automatically said you, they don't have a fair and adequate opportunity for education at that point, and, and we that, can't ever be in that place right. again. And, Go and ahead. Jackson County in our district is one of those that's probably one of the more underserved areas. Well, and I, I would agree. There are, there are certain rural pockets all over this state where my understanding was uh, some of the more um, you know, creative solutions to the login capability were they would put Wi-Fi in a school bus and park it in a parking lot at Walmart, and kids would be sitting in their cars trying to do their schoolwork because they didn't have Internet capability at their houses. That is a difficult solution. 
Well, listen, there's a whole lot that's difficult right now, but I, I want to ask you, you're, you're a member of our Alabama State School Board, and you've been on record before as saying the buck stops with y'all. But we are, as of the last rankings for the uh, NAEP, the National uh, um, uh, Association that ranks education rankings for states, we're dead last. And, and, and not only that, but in just the math category by itself, we ranked 52 out of 50 states because we were behind Puerto Rico and the DOD schools overseas. So we're not only dead last, we're like beyond dead last in math. What, what is the plan, Dr. Reynolds? What are we going to do different? Because so far, nothing seems to be working, and it's not a money issue. Well, Senator, one of the things that we're doing is we adopted a new math curriculum, and we're tying performance to education standards. As you know, we, there's a law passed that third graders that are not up to grade level will be retained, and that's currently in progress because the legislature tried to extend that for two years, and right now the governor vetoed that. So we're trying to implement standards and, and stepwise to ensure that we raise at the lowest levels performance and let it increase at other levels. It is a problem. We looked at it in our textbook adoption and our curriculum adoption since I've been on the board in 2019. Well, and, and all that to say, you got on the board in 2019, which, and, and we didn't just get to, you know, lower in the rankings, you know, right after you got there. We, we were struggling in the rankings before. But one of the things that strikes me, you know, I'm with the Alabama Policy Institute now also, and we did a deep dive on the numbers, uh, Dr. Reynolds, and, and one of the things that struck me was the fact that there are at least eight other states that spend less per child on education in their states, but they all rank higher than us, which means that the old argument that we don't fund education enough surely can't be the answer because other states spend less and they still do better. Um, do you see Absolutely. that as being, and a I mean, is money yes. the issue to you? Money is not the issue, but sometimes the availability of quality teachers is an issue. Senator, do you know that we've got large numbers of school systems that can't hire certified teachers in many areas of math and science? We live in North Alabama where we are not with faced with that problem, but it does exist as a problem somewhere. It takes a quality curriculum, good materials, and a quality teacher. And you know the key component in all, all those three are the personnel that are in place, and school boards, administrators, and teachers. Well, I agree with that. People are our greatest asset. And, uh, you know, the same is true like in our military. You can have all the best equipment, but if you don't have the good troops – uh, with quality training, it doesn't mean much. That being said, I think we did see legislation passed just in the past session, just this year, that it enhances the ability to recruit STEM teachers uh, and to get them into the ranks and even encourage them with pay raises if they will choose to go to certain geographic locations that are otherwise uh, disadvantaged. Is that right? And we're grateful as school board members and school administrators for that provision, not only passing it but funding it, by the state, by the Alabama legislature, well, and API that, was a big player in getting that included. Well, well, thank you for that, and we we will we will we will continue to advocate for policies like that. But I think it's going to have to be a continued level of creativity, and it, and it's going to have to be something that is not just, um, you know, the teachers' union mantra that if we give a raise to teachers, everything will be better because that never seems to be the solution. Do we want to take care of our teachers? Absolutely. I voted for a number of pay raises during my time in the legislature. 
But what we often see, too, is that the application of the education is not meeting the standards, and the kids are the ones who suffer in the end. And we on the state board are going to hold local school boards accountable, too. One of the things, Senator, that I've, re- that I've advised people who have communicated with me is get involved in your local school systems. That local school board member may be more important to your child than I am as a state board member. It's, you know, it's, it's the local lowest level, and as our senator, you were very attentive to that and knew what was going on in your district. And that's important, that local board members take accountability. As a matter of fact, the Madison County School Board President contacted me and has asked me to appear before their board meeting tonight at 5.30, and I'm available. Well, I think that's outstanding, and I appreciate your availability, too. And I, and I do know that to be a fact. I mean, the very idea that we called you to be on the show, and there was no hesitation. You were you were on the first opportunity, um, I think, is indicative of that. Um, Dr. Reynolds, let me, let me before we hit the Just next break, me. I want to ask you something. Well, I want to ask you, though, about something that's, that's, that's out there right now, and it's becoming quite the news segment, and that's the issue of critical race theory. And there was yes, always sir. the talk about the fact that, you know, or the idea that critical race theory is not being taught in K-12 schools. It's not out there. Don't worry about it. And yet we saw the uproar in Mountain Brook most recently. And there are 42 schools in the Huntsville area right now in your district that have the exact same curriculum being taught to their educators that was being uh, resisted in Mountain Brook. And the National Teachers Union came out recently and said they're going to fight to keep it in. And the ACLU took issue with a letter that I wrote to you uh, about uh, keeping critical race theory out. What is your position as a school board member on critical race theory in schools? Well, first of all, it's not part of our approved curriculum. Secondly, I was directly involved with some of the concerns about Mountain Brook. And what the Mountain Brook School Board did was they employed a group to bring in curriculum and didn't look at it. And after it was drawn, the attention was drawn to it specifically by the members of the community, the board through their relationship with the Anti-Defamation League and the City Council of Mountain Brook said they weren't supporting. So some things go on that are not approved. And if it's going on in the 42 schools in your area, in our area, then Superintendent Finley should look into it, and I will ask her to. And I know, she, you know, if you've communicated with her, she's responsive. I don't know what degree it's gone to, if anybody reports me any specific schools, or if you send that to me because you've got my email address, I will address that with, with whatever superintendent's involved. Well, and I and I, I appreciate that, Doctor Reynolds, very much. And uh, we are going to go ahead and Copper, go ahead and queue up that break. We're going to go ahead, Doctor Reynolds. Can you hang on through a short break? I want to come back and finish Absolutely. our discussion about education. And I certainly appreciate your time today, and thank you for being with us, folks. This is uh, Doctor Wayne Reynolds. He is uh, a member of our Alabama State School Board, and and if if anybody knows what's going on, it would be him. And he's he's got his finger on the pulse, but we've also got issues. And, and Dr. Reynolds is, is discussing those with me. I want you to hang on through the break because we're going to talk more about what it takes to get Alabama out of the bottom of the barrel and moving forward. This is Phil Williams, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, Right Side Radio on WVNN. We'll be right back.
Hey, 770 AM, 92.5 FM. Phil Williams hosting Right Side Radio on the News Talk Giant of North Alabama. We are glad to be with you and glad you're here. We are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, I'm going to go back to a discussion I was having uh, with someone who is a friend of the show. Uh, Dr. Wayne Reynolds is the uh, representative of this District 8 to the Alabama State Board of Education. Uh, Dr. Reynolds, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, listen, we talked a moment ago, Dr. Reynolds, about several things. We kind of ran the gamut. We talked about critical race theory, about uh, the fact that we're dead last in the education rankings nationwide, about the difficulties of the pandemic. But one of the things I wanted to ask your personal uh, insights on is related to the the broad topic of school choice. Um, In Alabama, we have what I would consider to be a fairly limited amount of school choice, meaning that a parent or legal guardian uh, has more say in where their child goes to school. And we did pass the Alabama Accountability Act a few years ago when I was in the Senate. Uh, We also um, uh, have charter school capability. But what are your thoughts on school choice? And do you see, because last year, this past session, we had nothing from the legislature on school choice. What do you see in the realm of school choice potentially coming for Alabama? Well, one of the big national promotions is a concept called vouchers. And that action would rely on the legislature, as you well know. Certainly. I don't think that many of the schools in North Alabama are would be threatened by a voucher system. and But there are many people that need the opportunity to pick their school and where their children are educated. And a voucher system is one proposal that would not I would not object to as a local educator because I could have, in Athens, we were as competitive as anyone else in providing quality education, and I think that's true in most of our North Alabama schools, but I would support that. I support the expansion of charter schools. You know, we've got this new STEM academy that's that's being started in Huntsville. That the new executive director is the former superintendent in Madison County. So I I support expansion of parental opportunities because we could fund. It wouldn't hurt local school systems if a portion of the money that came from the state went into a program where parents could take it to a private institution, but as long as they complied with general guidelines that the legislature set up, I don't think it would hurt at least the schools in North Alabama at well, all. And, and so let me let me jump in there, and for the, the benefit of our listeners, a voucher system, if you're not familiar, folks, is, is basically saying that the premise is, and I agree with this, the premise is that the dollars that are paid into the state tax dollars that are paid into the state for the purposes of education are there to educate the child, not necessarily just to fund the system. It's, it's a philosophical stance that you have to kind of get your hands around first. And if you believe the tax dollars are there for the child, then they should have some kind of portability. That means if the parents are living in one zip code where the school is not serving their child's best interests, but they can see right down the street another zip code where there's a better school, they should be allowed to go there and their tax dollars go with them. And a voucher system is one form of doing that. Uh, in, in West Virginia, Dr. Reynolds, uh, they just passed, I think last year, the most uh, prolific form of, um, it's not true vouchering, it's more along the lines of an education savings account, uh, but it's kind of the same thing. So you're saying that you would not mind seeing that uh, as an Alabama State School Board member? I wouldn't. Also within public school systems, 
transferring from one school to another. If your child was on for one school in a school system and wanted to go to another one, and I think they were doing that in the Athens City system with their elementary grades, you could do that. And there's some opportunity of freedom of choice to move from one school, which especially if it's a failing school, and you know you were involved in some of that legislation, to another school within the school system, not not just completely leaving the system, but having choices within the school system. Because believe it or not, where the administrators admit it, parents seem to know the difference in quality in one school and another. Oh, they do. Parents definitely know. And, and, and by the way, that's, that's one of the most important aspects of a child's education is parental involvement. And not every, uh, not every school has the same level of parental involvement, and I get that. But, but you're, you're right, Dr. Reynolds. I mean, if you can see the opportunity for open enrollment, so we got two things there. We've got education savings accounts or vouchers, which is one form of school choice. The other is just pure open enrollment where your, your dollars stay in the system, but you can go down the road to another school as a matter of choice, not just because it was failing you at the last school, but just because you want to go over there. And, and I do think that open enrollment, I mean, what that winds up being, in my opinion, Dr. Reynolds, that's like the free market because people will go to the better restaurant. They'll, they'll drive past one restaurant to get to another because the other one is better. And the same is true of schools. If the teachers are, are game on and they are using every available resource at their disposable in an effective manner, the parents will find out about it and they will take their kids to the better school. And open enrollment just allows that to happen. And with public transportation, school transportation, it's possible a child could be picked up in your house and taken to a school far away and not cost the school system anything. And it's an, it's an incentive for everybody to improve. Because if you were a principal of one school, you don't like to see parents and students from your school, your school, go to another one. So you become competitive. As you say, that's a free market opportunity. And I think that exists within the Huntsville City system. I know of people that take their children to a different school or want to, and that benefit's available. Well, Dr. Reynolds, uh, this has been a great interview. I'm encouraged. And if, if we're at 50th in the nation, but we can do some of the things you and I have just talked about, I feel like we can get out of that and, and move forward. Dr. Wayne Reynolds, member of the Alabama State School Board, thank you for being with the show today. Listen, I'm Phil Williams. You're going to want to hear this next segment. We're going to assemble the Grand Council, and we're going to see what uh, Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson and I can collaborate on. Right Side Radio, we'll be right back.